welcome everybody. You're listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are. Positively different radio in the morning. You're with the Double L team, Lyle and... Lawson. Lawson, what are you thankful for this morning? Oh, look, woke up, it's bright, sunny day. It's perfect spring weather right now. Yeah. Yes. Well, because it's the first day of spring. Yes. And so that means that the weather's just going to get better. No, it, tomorrow's the first day of spring. Isn't today? I said yesterday today would be the first day, but I was wrong. Tomorrow is the first there's day. There's 31 days in August. Also. Yeah, there's an extra day. <laughs> August has an extra day just to mess with our heads. It is the last <laughs> oh, day of no, winter. Oh, no, the song is, is September has 30 days. That's right. Okay. I think they should swap it around. I like more springtime. Yeah. Take a, take a day off of winter and give it to spring. That's right. We could have some warmer weather. Does that weather. like mess with the equilibrium of the world or with time or how we track well, extra time? day of warm weather, you know, uh, extra day of, you know, you could start planting yeah. a, a couple of days earlier, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, that's, isn't that just like the, 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 the blinds argument, <laughs> like the fading blind, like it does, you're not actually changing the weather, but Hey, like I, at least it's warm today. We're about to have spring, and we're experiencing spring weather already, which is great. Yes. Like, wake up this morning, I come here, you know, I'm wearing, like, jeans and a T-shirt. It's probably going to get to, like, shorts weather. Five oh. in Singleton. Oh, okay. If you go to Singleton. Yeah, no. <laughs> we, don't, we don't go to Singleton. We're in lockdown. <laughs> we're in lockdown. We don't go there. Um, okay, so here's what I'm thankful for this morning. Yeah, what are you thankful for? Date night. Oh, that's cute. Yes. Yeah? Did you? You already had date night? We had double date night last night. Oh, that's awesome. So we double date with uh, another couple. Uh-huh. Yes. C- cool. At home. Oh, yeah. Nice. Via Zoom. Is that, oh, <laughs> say, is that allowed? <laughs> <laughs> so we did. We put on some nice clothes, made a nice meal, sat down and shared a meal with some good friends for a couple of hours. It was really nice. I think we need to do more of it. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Let's talk about some positively different news, Lawson. What have you got for us this morning? Positively different news. Okay, I wanted to start by talking about something that unless I was here probably wouldn't have been talked about on on Faith FM. Um, And that is that uh, Kanye West released a new album. I've done a number of stories on Kanye West. What are you talking about? Would have you done a story on this? No. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, okay. So, no, I wanted to quickly just talk about this because as as a Christian um, and also like, yeah, as a Christian, you know, Kanye becoming a Christian artist, particularly in 2019, where he was like, all right, I'm not going to swear on my music anymore. I'm only going to make gospel he music. Still swear, he still sells that music and gains royalties from it. Yeah, that's right. That's right. But but hear me out. Like when he did that, like as a Christian, um, it seemed like a relatively big win for the Christian community and exposure for it at, initially because it was like, oh, well, you know, he he's started he, the church, he, became he, a pastor, he's, he's come, coming to the faith, you know. Um, and also from my perspective as well, personally, like I grew up amongst the generation where Kanye West has been the most influential artist. Like he has transcended hip hop music. Like, from my perspective, within secular music, within popular music, Kanye West has really, if any, I could almost say revolutionized the music industry. The first album I ever bought when I was like 14 years old was a Kanye West album. Of course, I wasn't a Christian back then. I was just a secular kid. And dude, like, Kanye West's new album came out, so I bought it. Like, he, he was massive. I've listened to every single one of his albums growing up, like, 
every release date was like a big thing. And so for him to make that switch kind of alongside as well, like as I had became a Christian, I was like, oh, well, this is like a, a big win. This is, this is really good. Like one of my favorite artists from when I was secular is now going to make Christian music. And if it's at that same level of quality and influence that it was before, like this could be a really good thing um, from, you know, the exposure that the Christian world could have in popular music, all these different things. Um, but then the 2019 album came out, Jesus is King. And it was unfortunate that like that is definitely his most christian focused gospel focused album um you know it accompanied his his work with the church and everything like that and it was a little bit unfortunate that like as a as a fan of of kanye and from knowing his music like and a a lot of people who usually listen to kanye pointed out like it was a a real rush job and they were kind of like unhappy with the quality of the album and i could could have said that too listening to it but anyways this new album's come out it's Mm -hmm. had the longest build-up date of any album I think ever it's been delayed since July 24th to like, it literally came out last, uh, not last night, but the night before. Mm-hmm. And I think for me going into it, I'm like, I've just ultimately want to get an opinion on like, and I, and what a lot of Christians are trying to do is to work out like, what is Kanye West as a Christian artist? Like, is he a Christian artist? And so I listened to this album yesterday. It's 27 tracks long. It's 108 minutes long. It is a behemoth. It is massive. I listened to it start to finish because I just wanted to know. And I've ultimately come to the conclusion that whilst Kanye West is a Christian, um, this is not a Christian album. <laughs> right. <laughs> this is not like th- what, what this ultimately is, is, is a Kanye album. Yes. And now, interestingly, like, unlike I think many other people going down the route of making secular music as a Christian where they kind of cover up the, the Christianity and make it obscure, but make like positive music. Kanye does the exact opposite. He makes secular music and then just throws Jesus on top of it and is like, yo, like this is, this is, this is gospel music, but it's, it's not. Kind of not. It's really not. Like, it's really not. Especially not even kind of not. It's really listening not. to the album. Um, you know, some of the features on the album, uh, people like Young Thug, Lil Yachty, Travis Scott, um, the weekend, these guys are full on like secular artists who make like drug and gang music, like hundred hundred percent. Like these are these and and they're on this album, and Kanye's got them singing about Jesus, but then in the next line they talk about gang violence and and there is like it's it's just like it's ouch it is and, and listening to it i'm like it, what's even more surprising is that this album has been like recorded and released um as non-explicit so there's no swear words no racial slurs no anything uh which is quite common in in hip-hop music but when you listen to the album it's it's got all that stuff in it just like blurted out so originally these verses were written even some of the kanye verses with like swear words in them. And there's just what, a beep in there? There's not a beep. They've just like blanked it. So your brain still says it? Yeah. So, and yeah, that's right. You can still hear it. I mean, it's, it's, it's like when you're watching TV and it's been sanitized. That's and they, right. And, that's and right. they beep the, bleep the words. Your brain still says the yeah. words. Or when they like, you know, when you watch a movie on a plane that has, that had a swear word in it and they'll like replace the line. Like, but this doesn't even have any line replacements. This is just straight up like, like, <laughs> so well, there's just a gap in the lyrics. It's just, just a full on gap, and then the song keeps going. And so, 
ultimately, like the conclusion that I come to listening to this is that this is this is a Kanye album. Yes, like and many of the themes that are shared, like are like potent with Christianity. He talks a lot about redemption and repentance and needing God. Um, but for every one of those lines, he then talks about lines of, well, you know, currently he's like gone through relationship troubles with his wife, Kim. There'll be a song about Kim. There'll be a song about, you know, partying. There'll be a song about gang violence, um, which there is actually some like commentary about that and how that relates to Christianity and how the, that sector of society needs God and needs help. But then ultimately it just comes back to like, okay, what's being promoted here? What is being used to It sounds to like you haven't really been able to figure out exactly, you know, where this album fits. It, it, and that's where the Christian world is at, it, particularly the Christian music world is at at the moment is that that we we listen you listen to it and you just don't know because it's in this weird limbo place of being like this album has been very attractive to secular people it's only been out a couple of days and and people are already hailing it as probably like one of his best albums in 10 years like this is secular people like this is scoring really highly there's already like two and a half thousand ratings on google for the album it's been out two days and it's sitting at like four and a half stars, which is like one of his highest rated albums in yet yeah, 10 years. But so it's attractive to secular people, but you come in as a Christian listener expecting Christian music because that's what he promised. Uh, but what is it? it it's, it's, not it's not Christian music. Yeah, this is, you know. Uh... So, so then I think the ultimate question is like, is Kanye doing a good thing by being a Christian artist? Like as a, as a Christian, should we claim him? And I think that, you know, everyone is, this, this is my opinion. Everyone is on a spiritual journey. Everyone's in a different place. Um, Kanye clearly has some want in his heart to share God with people, but it's like, okay, but what has been the result of that? It's been the album Donda and the album Donda is not. Yeah. You know what? I look at, I look at a lot of people uh, and particularly secular artists who have converted to Christianity and I look at the conversion experience and the testimony that they share. And conversion brings a radical change. I mean, it brought a radical change in your life. It, yeah, that's you right. Know, you went from being one person to being a, a very, very different person as a result of that. And, you know, I say, I look at someone like, say, Ivor Myers or someone like that who comes from a, you know, a secular music background. His conversion story and the radical change that took place is very stark. You look at Louis Torres from, you know, a different generation. Mm. And you've got that same, um, you know, really radical shift, that change, that, you know, moving from, from one to the other. And that's what I see described in the Bible. And so it, it, it kind of has this feel to me of having a foot in both camps. Yeah. And being caught on the fence and it's like, yeah, I can see Christianity and there's a lot of things about Christianity that I really love, but I'm still going to cling to the world at the same time. Yeah. And that's what... That's what makes me feel uncomfortable about Definitely. this whole situation right here. You know, I have no problem with somebody singing a secular song. There are lots of nice things that we can sing about. Mm. Um, and as a Christian, you know, you can sing about your country. You can sing about, you know, a love song. There's nothing wrong with a love song, mm. you know, about your wife or whatever. But at the same time, as Christians, our focus should be on Christ and Christianity should bring a radical change, not yeah. a halfway, half-baked change, and that's mm. just the way it feels to me. And, yeah, it, it, I think Kanye is in the position of, like, oh, is he just kind of sitting in the middle, kind of floating there? 
I don't think that's what's going on. I think with Kanye, he's just jumping back and forward. He's really struggling with that. And it, you can ultimately, you see it in his music. So, you know, I guess we're not really answering the question of whether you should listen to it. Hey, that's your own decision. But go into it expecting, you know, if you have the want and to listen to Kanye West, this is a Kanye West album. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Okay, so let's uh, head over to Indonesia uh, today. Of course, Indonesia is the world's most populous Islamic nation. We often mm, have right. uh, stories coming out of Indonesia as a result of that that uh, detail religious persecution in that country. I think, uh, let me just see here, it is ranked number 47 uh, in the world where Christians are persecuted, which is, you know, it's a fair way down the list for number 47. But it is still a place where, you know, I was recently talking to a lady who had gone into an area in Indonesia to aid Christians. She was a Christian herself, and she talked about stepping over the bodies of Christians who had been slaughtered in the streets. So even when you're number 47, it can be still a very, very rough place for Christianity. And, you know, that doesn't tell the real story of Christian persecution. And so what we have today is a story about a leader of a congregation uh, in Jakarta who has been arrested under religious blasphemy laws and accused of blasphemy. Uh, now, this is the kind of thing that we hear a lot more coming out of places like Pakistan. Uh, this is not Sharia law. This is, you know, in Pakistan, it's a leftover from British law. The person who has arrested, his name is Muhammad Yaha Waloni. He is an imam from Jakarta. Mm-hmm. Wait. Yes. He's an imam. Yes. He's been arrested. I was waiting blasphemy. for that to sink in. But didn't you say he's a leader of a congregation? Yes. An Islamic one? Or? An Islamic congregation. Okay. He's the leader of a mosque. Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> and he okay. has just been arrested. This is an interesting story for blaspheming against Christianity. Uh, uh, you weren't expecting no. that, were you? You were <laughs> no. not expecting that. Okay, so in a particular sermon, uh, he's been charged with calling the Bible fiction. Well, that's kind of blaspheming against Islam as well, because you know that's Islam right. uh, has you know the Torah, the Injil, the um, you know, and 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 you know quite a large portion of the Bible that they see as being inspired. So you can't mm. just say that the that the Bible is fiction. Uh, and part of that may come about as this is somebody who converted to Islam in two thousand and six. Maybe he's a little bit ignorant. I don't mm. know. Uh, but there was a complaint that was that was filed by a civil group, okay, against this particular person, uh, and yeah, arrested on blasphemy laws. Now, I just want to say this: here we've got the opposite happening. How do we respond to that when the opposite happens? What should we do when the opposite happens? Mm. When the opposite happens to what we normally see, mm. we should not res- we should not support this. Yeah, we need to absolutely fight against the fact that this person has been arrested for blaspheming against Christianity, because he absolutely has the right to blaspheme against Christianity. He has the right to say that Christianity is a wrong religion. He has the right to say that the Bible is a work of fiction if he so chooses. Mm. Because that's what religious liberty is. And if we don't fight for religious liberty for everyone, we have no religious liberty for ourselves. Religious liberty is not Christian liberty. 
Mm. So often as Christians, we get confused about this and we think we need to be just out there fighting for Christian liberty. If all we ever do is fight for Christian liberty, we will lose our Christian liberty. We need to fight for religious liberty because that is what is valued by a free society and that is what creates freedom. And fighting for Christian, for religious liberty means that we are fighting for the right for people to say things about us that we find truly offensive. So just to get some more perspective on this story, like in Indonesia, which is mostly Islamic, Islamic country, yes. there are laws prohibiting people from blaspheming against Christianity. There are laws prohibiting. prohibiting people from blaspheming against religion. Up until this particular point, it's only ever been applied to Christians. Yeah. And so, you know, three days earlier, you've got a Muslim convert to Christianity who was was arrested, um, who, after he posted uh, something to YouTube where he said Muhammad was surrounded by devils and liars. So he got arrested for that as well. Um, there's been more than a thousand churches across uh, across Indonesia that have been closed as a result of Islamic pressure. You know, so this is not a country where you know uh, Christians get off easy. This is a country where the government and the police generally turned a blind eye to persecution against Christians. Mm. This is kind of a first off, and I think it's going to take the country and the and the whole world with a bit of shock. Yeah. But what I want to see is Christians stand up in defense of this guy in Indonesia because that's what needs to happen. Mm. They need to set an example of supporting religious liberty. Anyway, coming back to your Kanye West story, uh, I think that what you're seeing here is an expression with Kanye West of cultural Christianity Mm. rather than conversion Christianity. that's, That's my opinion. And cultural Christianity is the kind of Christianity that looks at Christianity as being a great philosophy and a great lifestyle and a great way to live rather than something that changes your heart and changes who you are and makes you into a different person. Uh, a really good example of this would be what Harvard University has just done in oh, that they have uh, just just uh, appointed a new head of their chaplaincy system um, a new head chaplain, and this man is a devout and avowed atheist. This made me cringe so much. His name is Greg Epstein. He is 44 years old. There are 40 chaplains at Harvard University. He is the author of the book, Good Without God. Yikes. Now, <laughs> okay, so it would be, you know, fine. Appoint the guy as a counsellor. You know, given the title of a counsellor, you're not a chaplain, you're a counsellor, you're teaching, you're giving good counsel and you're teaching kids how to be good people. Mm. That's fine. I'm not opposed to that. Yeah. But don't call yourself a chaplain. Yeah, that's right. Because the purpose of a Christian chaplain is to lead somebody to Jesus Christ, is to lead somebody to recognise that they are a sinner in need of a saviour. Yeah. Now, what is very significant about this appointment is that he was elected to this position. By the other chaplains. By the other chaplains. So what does that say about the other chaplains? Yikes. That says, says. <laughs> that says that Harvard University has been employing chaplains who are into cultural Christianity mm. rather than conversion Christianity. Because nobody who believes in conversion, nobody who believes that their job is to lead students to Christ and that they have fulfilled their job 
when students are converted, when they recognize that they are a sinner in need Mm. of a savior and they find that savior and turn away from their life of sin. Mm. Nobody who recognizes that as their calling is going to vote for an atheist to be the head of the chaplaincy system. Yeah, that's right. Nobody who recognizes that the purpose of education is redemption and that education without redemption, without salvation, is wasted because what's the point in living a short 70, 80-year lifespan here on this earth where you know a bunch of stuff Mm. if that's all you get? Yeah, wow. Education should be preparing people for eternity. Mm. We should be taking the knowledge that we are learning and saying, I'm going to use this as a foundation for the knowledge that I will have for eternity. Christianity has lost its way. The Bible says at the end of time that Christianity is is, is symbolized by Babylon, and truly Babylon has fallen. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Welcome back, everybody. This is The Breakfast Show, interview of the daytime. Joining us on the phone this morning is Christopher Randall. Chris, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Pastor Lord. It's a pleasure to be here. Now, Chris, you have a story to tell that Ooh. has yet to be told. My understanding is it hasn't been shared yet, but you've probably got a whole slew of people who lined up to do interviews and to hear this particular story. It's a story of tragedy. It's a story of sacrifice. It's a story of tremendous danger. It's a story of a miracle on your part. I really don't know how to put into words everything that takes place in this story. It is a unique story, probably more unique than any other story, but it's also something that has happened very, very recently. So, Chris, you were involved in a parachuting accident. Can you just sort of take us back to the start of this story and tell us a little bit about why were you parachuting? Was this something that you do on a regular basis? Was this a particular special occasion? Okay. Well, I'll start back in the 1990s. That's when I first had a desire to jump out of a perfectly good plane. And my daughter, Raya, she got a skydiving voucher for her birthday from her friends. And so she was going to go. And she was thinking at the time, because we were in lockdown in Victoria, and she wasn't going to be able to go. But we come out of lockdown on the 28th of um, July, and I said to her, oh, yeah, I wouldn't mind going. And so she rang up, and, um, yeah, there was a spot there booked. And so we were planning on going on the 30th. A few things happened, and I wasn't able to go that morning. And then that changed again, but Ray had already gone. And so this is probably the, the first impression of God that I I got from this whole encounter was there was just something in me saying, don't delay, go with Raya. And so, and Raya already left. So I said to my wife, contact Raya, um, you know, let her know that I'm going to be coming now. And while my wife was doing that, I quickly grabbed a few things and I hopped in my car and I caught up with Raya and then we went in Raya's car. Yeah, good. We got there. We did our briefings and the training and, and we we're going to do a tandem, um, jump. And this was, uh, Raya and my first time doing skydiving. And so we went up in the plane and it was, um, like so good, you know, just looking over the ocean and it's like I love scuba diving. And so I was looking at the sea and then we went over the uh, the countryside and then it was time to jump. So Raya and her instructor, they jumped first and then um, we jumped after that. And it was 
an amazing feeling. It really was. I was just loving life so much. But unbeknownst to me, the first parachute or the main parachute didn't work. And, um, you know, and I'm just loving the free fall. And it was just amazing, just an amazing feeling. Then all of a sudden, we were sort of like, instead of in a, a vertical position, we're in a horizontal position. I've looked up and I could see the secondary parachute, which I didn't know at the time, but uh, I found out later. So the, the um, secondary parachute, and it was out, but it was not filling with air. And I could see Raya and her instructor above us. And then I realised, oh, we're in trouble here. When the first parachute failed, did they jettison the first parachute and then try for the second? I'm not really sure what was actually going on, and we probably won't know exactly what's happened till after the investigation, and that could take you know twelve or more months. So, mm, mm. yeah. But that yeah. I mean that is just an incredibly rare occurrence to have two parachutes on the one jump on the one person to fail. I mean, mm-hmm. this, is, this is a sport that is one of the safest sports that there is in Australia right now, and to have two fail, that's just, yeah, it's unheard, unheard of. It, yeah. is, it is, it is absolutely yeah. unheard of. Yeah. Well, the, the odds, someone told me the odds, and it was like one in so many million that one parachute doesn't go off, let alone two. Mm. And so, yeah, it's just, um, it's just not meant to happen, basically. But, yeah, it did. Did the instructor communicate with you at this point or was he pretty much just had his, his hands too full dealing with the crisis? Okay, yeah. So my instructor, um, he was telling me um, to put my legs back, like in a banana position because that's part of the, the pre-training, like the drills that you, you learn to do before you go up. And so I was trying to get my legs back as far as I could and he is trying to do stuff with the chute, you know, trying to get that, that open and working or cut away. I'm not really sure. We won't know until after the investigation. And at the same time, he's clawing my legs to try and um, grab hold of my legs with his legs to keep them in a back position, like in that banana position. And while this is going on, this is the, the next part I'm about to say is a real boost to my faith in God because before this, now, I really struggled that I'd basically sin every day, you know, just like everybody, you know, and it really got me down, you know, if, like if I was a serious Christian, if I was really had that connection with God, you know, why do I keep sinning and, and that? What happened next really um, has boosted my faith in God and my connection with God because when I realized that we were in trouble, I didn't have any fear at all. And I was calling out, talking so that Aaron, uh, my instructor, could hear, you know, I can't remember exactly, but it was along the lines of God is good, have faith in God, um, trust God. Yeah, and so that was my last memory. And uh, the next thing that happened was that we hit the ground. From what I'm told, we were motionless, and um, Ray and her instructor, they got down as quick as they could so that they could administer first aid. Now, you, you wouldn't have had any lo- ability to obviously steer the parachute to land in any particular location. No. Did, did, did Ray and her instructor, were they able to land nearby? Yeah, yeah. So what happened was that Ray and her instructor, they could see what was happening and they could see us falling and, um, you know, it was going into a sheep paddock. You know, the sheep had to scatter. Otherwise, they were going to get jumped on, basically. So... 
when we've landed and there was no motion and Raya and her instructor both thought that we'd already died, when, when they got down to the ground and, um, you know, not long after that, um, we started moving. Um, and um, the instructor, Aaron, the way he landed was that he's, he's positioned himself, I'm not sure how, that where he sort of like hit the ground first and then I've, because I'm strapped to him, then I'm sort of like, from what I can gather is I've partly hit the ground but partly on top of Aaron at the same time. So, you know, he, he just did an amazing job to, um, you know, protect me as much as he did, which was just something from the hand of God. That's a level of and, sacrifice um, we just do not see in our world on a regular occasion uh, these days where, where mm-hmm. and, and professionalism as an instructor where he makes that decision to protect his customer at all costs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, and I'm just so grateful for Aaron for what he did, and and just another another point too was that um, Ray was saying that when we were coming down, it was like very chaotic. We weren't spinning, but we were like moving in a really chaotic motion. But it was the last two to three seconds where everything just seemed calm and peaceful. Mm. Coming back to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just coming back to when you're laying there on the ground, did both of you, and Raya lands as well with her instructor, you both start to move. Yep. Did both of you regain consciousness at that point? Yeah, yeah, we're, we're both um, conscious. I can't really remember much about it. As, um, you know, as Raya and I talk about it, um, I'm getting small bits of memory back, but I basically can't remember much at all. And was 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 Raya and her instructor able to administer any first aid, or was it just a matter of wait for the emergency services to arrive? Raya's instructor came over first. He uh, got us into the recovery position, and then once we started moving, that's when Raya came over because that's when she realised, oh, you know, we're alive. You know, it's just a, an amazing thing. It's just like it had happened. Like yeah, the odds of it happening, and then the odds that we're both still alive. At that stage, um, but sadly, um, Aaron only lived maybe around an hour before he passed away. So, Chris, you mentioned that you believe that God strongly impressed you to go on this particular day, and yet mm-hmm. this was a day on which you had a bad accident. Why do you think that God impressed you to be there at this particular time? Okay, so I could have this wrong. The reason why I'm thinking was to be there with Aaron. Yes. Uh, one of the other parts is that if it, if I didn't go, then Raya, she might have been the one to fall. But with both of us there, both of us talking about God and praying to God with Aaron is something that I think that it was meant for Raya and herself to do and not um, somebody who did, doesn't have a connection with God. So that's my personal belief. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's very powerful. So Aaron placed his body underneath your body as he landed, takes the brunt of the fall, and basically sacrificed himself. Mm-hmm. I believe his last name was Topher. Is that correct, Aaron Topher? That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this guy's a hero, and this is this guy's somebody mm-hmm. who needs to be remembered, mm-hmm. and whose whose name needs to be spoken. And he's a true hero, right there. This is somebody who's yeah. 
who's paid the ultimate price for somebody he doesn't even re- have, have you met, ever met this guy before? Was this somebody that you knew? No, that, no, this was the first time I'd ever met him, you know, just before we went, you know, into the plane, basically. You know, like he helped us get his our um, harnesses and stuff on, and that was the first time we'd met him. And I understand he was a very experienced parachutist. Oh, very. He, he did several jumps a week and um, jumped all around the world. You know, he was, he was a professional and um, and he didn't. He was not one to take risks either. So I found out later on too. So yeah, so he did everything he could to um, you know get the the shoots up, the parachutes, you know, to work. And um, you know, and as you said, you know, he landed in a way to protect myself, um, you know, the best he could. It's not often that I meet somebody and talk to somebody who is alive today because somebody else sacrificed their life for them. How does that mm-hmm. make you feel? It's um, very overwhelming. I'm here and I can enjoy family time, whereas you know, Aaron and his family and his friends, they've got good memories, but they can't do it in person. That's a, a hard thing to come to terms with, I guess you could say. You've been blessed with a with another shot at life because of the sacrifice of another person. These are the kind of stories that we need to hear. Um, we don't have much time left, but very quickly, I understand that Raya had an opportunity to actually minister to Aaron before he passed away. Uh, are you able to share any of that story? Yeah, well, this is this is a, another a God um, God thing because, like, on my way down, as I said, you know, like I was praising God and you know and that, and so like Aaron, you know, I'm presuming would have definitely heard that. And then as um, Ray is praying for him, um, at, you know, when we were on the ground, um, Ray was saying that he had a, a sense of true calm and peace. You know, he was just content, basically, and um, and then not long after that he passed away. And so, um, you know, I, I sort of see it as God calling to Aaron, um, you know, I'm here, you know, it's like Jesus is knocking at the door of your heart, you know, let Jesus in. And the way that Ray describes the peace that he had, you know, to me, he did let Jesus in and had that peace that only God can offer. Mm, mm. Yeah, it's a powerful story. Now, just briefly, Chris, um, your injuries, you've obviously been recovering over a number of weeks now. Uh, back on your feet again. What's what? What is the what are the injuries been, and what's the path ahead looking like for you? Yes, um, another good question. Um, so my injuries, um, considering how high we fell and the the force of the impact, um, my injuries are basically zilch. Um, now compared to what they could have been. Um, but basically, um, my hip was um, dislocated. It was fractured. My L one to three were damaged. Uh, my kidney and spleen were damaged. My heart was um, damaged. A um, couple of broken ribs. 
um, I had to have my tongue stitched up. And um, uh, there's a few bits and other pieces and, and that as well. But uh, but what really sort of is um, the biggest hurdle um, physically is the, the hip. So I still can't walk without uh, walking aids. Um, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm basically um, starting today. I've got a medical appointment um, Monday to Friday. Um, well, at least one. I've got two medical appointments today. So, um, and this is mainly all rehab to to get me back and walking and back scuba diving. Yeah, absolutely. So you've got a whole uh, ministry happening with scuba diving, and maybe we need to um, talk about that again one of these days um, with mm-hmm. everything that you do there, both for uh, you know people in the community and also for the environment, which is absolutely mm-hmm. uh, amazing stuff. A whole YouTube channel that you've got going. Which is um, uh, what was it called? The Happy Diver. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, the Happy Diver. Yeah, so yeah. jump on there and check that out because I understand that's where a bit where you'll be sh- continuing to share stories and starting to share mm-hmm. stories of uh, of your miraculous escape in this situation and of also mm-hmm. of Aaron's um, just selfless sacrifice. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris, you mentioned that uh, there have been a number of other media outlets that have been in contact with you about sharing this particular story. We'd love to start. <laughs> We'd love to follow the story as it progresses. Uh, what are some of these other outlets, and where will we where will we continue to hear more of your story? Okay, then. So um, I've had um, there's a, a local um, person, um, Fitz Media, I think he is. That his first name's William. So he he's um, teed up a, a um, an interview. Same with the local paper, um, the Standard paper. And there's also um, uh, Channel Seven. Um, they've, they've asked for an interview, oh, and the, um, the Herald Sun, which is a, a Melbourne paper as well. So there's a few um, papers who have um, reached out to um, hear the story, and I think it's important to tell the story for the community's benefit as well, because so many people, and I mean like so many people have contacted us, um, either me personally or through the Happy Diver YouTube and Facebook and, and um, what's the other one, Instagram. And, like, people have literally been praying for myself, for my family, for Aaron, his family, all around the world, you know, like Canada, America, in the UK, um, maybe the Philippines and all over Australia as well. And I think it's important for people to see that I'm alive, yet I'm also able-bodied, um, even though I can't walk at, at this stage without having age, that I'm happy, I'm cheerful, and it's a positive story, especially in the times of all these lockdowns that we're having. I think it's really, really important for people to see a good story mm. instead of just the, um, the negative stuff that we've been exposed to. Yes, absolutely. Chris, thank you so much for sharing with us and so much for uh, joining us here on Faith FM. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. We appreciate your courage. We know it has not been easy to come on here on Faith FM this morning and to share this story, but we do appreciate the story that you've shared because of the testimony that is to you know, the power of God in very tragic circumstances mm-hmm. and also the testimony of you know a human being who sacrifices their life for another. These are stories that are rare today 
and while tragic, they do give us hope in our in, in a world that often seems to be very dark. Um, Christopher Randall, thank you so much for joining us here on Faith FM. Thank you, Pastor Long and the Tricky Team. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.